been a while. It has been a while. It's been a minute. Sorry, I'm eating. Yeah. How unprofessional of me. It's 9 a.m. and uh, hopped on Google Hangouts with Sarah Bruna here, and she has a slice of pizza in her hand. (laughs) I have, like, the college kid diet. Pizza for breakfast. I love Sam's Club pizza. Really? Sam's Choice from Walmart? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Huh. I don't know that I've had the pleasure. (laughs) It's good. You should try it. We don't have a Sam's Club. Uh, It's not from Sam's Club. It's from Walmart. We don't have Walmart in the city. What? There's no Walmarts in the city of Chicago. Why? They... I don't know all the, I'm going to mess it up, but something about like, something about paying their employees minimum wage. I don't know. There was some, something oh. that they couldn't like reach an agreement with the city of Chicago. So there are no Walmarts inside Chicago city limits. We just, we have Target. Oh, well, I mean, it's not like you're missing much. I'd rather <laughs> go to Target. Well, there you go. Walmart doesn't have a Starbucks. That's true. They have Subway. <laughs> Really? Mm-hmm. I'm learning so many things about Walmart. But their pizza, very good. Ah, good to know. PSA, I everyone. Highly, I highly recommend it. The stuffed crust, like Sam's Choice. Wait, I don't know. You'll see it. <laughs> You'll see it. You You'll go. see it. It's fine. Head to Walmart. Let us know uh, where your favorite pizza comes from. Hey, welcome to the Infernal Mafia. That's Sarah. And that's Kayla. And this is the first episode back of season two. Is that what we're calling this? I don't know. Sure. Season two. I mean, we took quite a long break. It's been so long. Like, we haven't talked since June. Did we record? Yeah, we did. Our last episode came out in July. So. I mean, did we record recently? No. No. <laughs> no, we were just talking, right? Yeah, we've been in touch. Yeah, the last episode we did was about taking a break from TTC, and um, and then we talked to you guys about how we needed a break. Sometimes you just need a break from things, even the things that you enjoy. So, um, I don't know if I told you, but I had a high school friend that I lost t- touch with um, add me on Facebook, and she's like, um, I was, I'm about to do IVF and I was looking at podcasts Oh, <laughs> and I found yours and I was like, Hey, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> so that was crazy. Yeah. She's actually really, I didn't, I don't think I told you, did I? No. She's actually really, um, active in the Facebook group. Oh, nice. Her name's Audra. Okay. I don't know if you've seen her name. Shouts out to Audra. Yeah. So it's uh, the first day of October. It is. Happy fall. Yeah. It's still, it's hot here. Oh, it's getting lovely here. I'm sitting, looking out my my front window at my porch, and there's pumpkins and mums, and it looks really nice. Yeah, I saw your mums. I was like, oh, that's really pretty. Yeah. I I think it looks nice, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I love this time of year. It's so great. Me too. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah. Halloween used to be my favorite holiday. Used to be? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of more partial to Christmas now because the weather is like it used to be around Halloween. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, well, I mean, I grew up in Houston, so I know all about warm warm halloweens and christmases for sure oh yeah you know who is uh who lived in houston who? lizzo boom because <laughs> I, I sorry yeah i wanted to talk about lizzo are you feeling good as hell today yes do you want to talk about her now or do you want to save it for out of the box oh i was just gonna say that her album would be really good to listen to while you're doing infertility treatments I agree. There's a part in uh, Like a Girl that she's like, I'm about to add a little estrogen. Yee, yee. Oh. You know, so I'm like, about to add a little estrogen <laughs> to my r- protocol. You could have it be your uh, like pump up 
songs before you take pills or shots or whatever. What if... Plus, I just like how she cusses a lot. Yeah, she... I mean, that album number one is so good. I love it. It is. And... I'm glad you do. Yeah. We haven't talked about this, but... No. And she... Her performance on... What was it? The VMAs? I think it was the VMAs. the VMAs. I think it was the VMAs. Or was it BET? Uh, no, it was, it was an award show. I don't know. Anyway, it was... Like, she has such a positive body image message. Yeah. And I just, I was thinking about this the other day because it's so different from, like, the image that we grew up with. Like, the Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and Jessica Simpsons of the world that were all just, like, really skinny, blonde girls. <laughs> like Or little Kim. <laughs> true. There, I mean, there... <laughs> There were a few, but I just don't feel like they were quite as mainstream or, like, didn't make as big of waves. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? So. No. I just, was that a fat joke? No. And I, the minute it came out of my mouth, I was like, uh. <laughs> um, no, I just no, think I it's just, great. She seems like she has a nice personality. Yeah. And she's like. Um, she just she loves her body and even though it's not like your quote-unquote typical standard of beauty and I think it's so awesome that she's like has such a positive message about it it's cool yeah I like get down to tempo I'm like <laughs> the songs for the we can't remember, something about thick girls I'm like yeah <laughs> okay so let's get started here um <clears throat> we're rusty <laughs> How do we do this? I don't know. I can't find the tab. Oh, we were going to say, like, reintroduce ourselves. Oh, gotcha. Go for it. Uh, I'm Sarah, and I don't have fallopian tubes, and I also have PCOS. Did IVF twice? I That resulted, the second IVF resulted in two children. I have a three-year-old and a 10-month-old, so I did a frozen embryo transfer after you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying. And you have self-diagnosed yourself with endometriosis. Don't forget that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have endometriosis. We're, I feel like I have Crohn's. We're questioning. And, okay, so I have MTHFR, methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. Oh, I can just rattle that off still. Cool. Um, which, for anyone who doesn't know, it's just a genetic disorder, I guess that has been linked to trouble getting pregnant and linked to miscarriage, but there's no like direct causation, at least not yet. And um, we get lots of questions about MTHFR. We definitely still need to do an episode on it because the science keeps changing. (laughs) I shouldn't say that. Science doesn't really change. The research keeps- People's opinions? People's opinions keep changing, yeah. And theories. Right. Theories. And my husband had male fac- has had male factor infertility. And we did two unsuccessful IUIs uh, before moving on to IVF. We did two transfers. They both ended in miscarriage um, before we saw a reproductive immunologist, which many of you have heard me talk about and many of you are interested in. And we are going to talk about that one in a future episode, finally, Um, because lots of opinions on that, too. Um, That's true. We did a final transfer of our last two embryos, and now we have three-year-old twin girls. So that's our history in a nutshell, if this is your first time out with the podcast. Welcome. And if you already know us really well, you could have skipped that part. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, oh. while we took a break, we we discussed some changes coming up with the podcast. Do you want to talk about some of them, Sarah? Yeah. So, we have some merch coming. Woo! And it should the okay. Do you, should I just say what it is? Sure. And like my thought behind it. Yeah. So tell us your creative process. I 
I wanted to do something that people could wear, but it wasn't based on size. So I was like, scarves. It's going to be fall mm-hmm. in some places. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some Infertile Mafia scarves that will be uh, dropping soon. And the fabric should be getting in today. Ah. So when do you think they'll, it'll be available like, on our website? Cut it and sew it. Uh. I'm going to go with Friday. Okay. Wow. Okay. Soon. <clears throat> and then it'll probably ship Monday. Wow. Nice. And so you sent me a picture of the material and it's not, I, f- I think this is worth mentioning because <laughs> it's not like if you're wearing this scarf, you're going to be advertising to the world that you're infertile. It doesn't have our logo on it. It has, well, it has our, You well, you describe it. Has, it. it has like the words across like around the square but you can't really see it when you're wearing it because if you think about it scarves get all bunched up so you can't really see what's on them you just see the colors (laughs) unless someone's um, like wow that's such a pretty scarf and then you're like boom look at this i'm infertile (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i I just wanted something that people could wear but it wouldn't be like i'm infertile right 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 like a t-shirt yeah right it's really it's pretty. Like a, it's annoying talking to people at the grocery store when you have a t-shirt and they're like, what's that mean? Right. I do like, wear no. your the t- your Infertile Mafia t-shirt that you gave me, though. I wear it a lot. So You do? I do. Well, not the one that you made me for the walk because it blends in with okay. my skin. But yeah. I was going to say, you wear that one? Yeah, no. The other one you made me, I do wear it a lot because it's really soft. But anyway, so scarves. And then I thought, hey, you could wear it while you're doing IVF. And then if you like the design, you could like put it in a picture frame. Oh, yeah. In the nursery. Yeah, because it's really pretty print. You guys, yes, go check so it out. It's on our website. The artwork on it. I was going to have someone else do it, but I was like, screw it. I'll do it. It's kind of a, oh, you it's did a shadow the artwork? box. Yeah. Oh, it's so pretty. It's actually a picture. Oh. I made a shadow box with like cutouts of paper, mm-hmm. and, but it's for October, mm-hmm. which is uh, Pregnancy and Infant Awareness. Yes, n- Infant loss, loss Awareness Month. Right. And then uh, the 15th of October is the International Wave of Light That's right. Day. So you're supposed to turn on your porch light or light a candle at 7 o'clock, mm-hmm. 7 p.m your time yeah we did it last year and it was really cool yeah because we had people tag us on instagram and we had like our wave of light in our story let's do that again yeah let's do it again so that's what i was thinking about when i made the design and i actually i don't know if i did i tell you this i don't know it's nurse mandy's profile oh no you didn't tell me any of this i didn't tell you that (laughs) and then uh (laughs) I put her son, who she lost, his ultrasound oh, inside of her head. I love it. This would it make even more sense more. if you saw the design. You should. <laughs> and then, you buried the lead here. <laughs> oh, and then there's a girl reaching for a star. Uh huh. And it's like the wave of light, like stars, light. Oh. If you see the design, you'll be like, oh, okay, well that makes sense. Oh, I love that. And it's that. not as like Hallmark movie as what it sounds like. <laughs> I'm getting a little emotional thinking about it. That's so nice. You made it so personal to the mafia. Yeah. I mean, when I, it's horrible, but when I think of the pregnancy and infant loss, I think of Mandy. Mm -hmm. So I was like. Well, she's probably your closest friend that's actually lost a child. Um, actually, yeah, I mean, yes, but uh, actually my best friend from college lost her baby the same way at 22 weeks because of an incompetent cervix oh I didn't know that either yeah so I I knew about it before all of this infertility stuff anyway that got depressing (laughs) no that's but (laughs) I I love that scarf idea that's really cool and speaking of nurse Mandy she that's a good segue into one of our new segments that we're starting called call the conciliary 
How would I, I've been calling it something else? Consigliere. Consigliere. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Is that what you just no, said? No, I said. Con, well, I said conciliary, which is not how anyone says it. Oh. I think. I think if you said it the Italian way, you would say consigliere. Oh. But okay, if, well, I'll let you say it because that sounds good. But if you say it like the um, the way that Americans try to say Italian words, you would say consigliere. <laughs> so. You say it again. Say it again. Consigliere. So that's the new segment. And a consigliere. <laughs> okay, listen. If we're going to have this segment, you got to learn how to say this word. Consigliere. Yeah. That's how I say it. Let's say consigliere. Okay. So the consigliere segment. It's going to be a segment from uh, someone who actually has, you know, knowledge and the background <laughs> to give advice, but not advice. They're not giving advice. They're just like giving you a little tidbit into whatever their information. area of expertise may or may not be or may be. Yeah. In the actual mafia, the consigliere is an advisor to the mob boss. Right. So that's why we're naming this the consigliere, because you're the mob boss. You're the mob boss. And they're... There are advisors. The expert. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we were just like, hey, we know all these these experts now, especially REs that we've like met through Instagram and they're so wonderful and like willing to help and they want you guys to have a good patient experience, et cetera. So we're like, how can we use this to our advantage instead of us just bumbling over a topic? Let's just get them to tell you about their, you know, actual clinical researched opinion on reproductive immunology or whatever. So or Dr. Shaheen, she talks about toxins all the time. Yeah, right, right. So if there's like a topic you want to dis- you want to hear from an actual expert instead of me and Sarah, no offense, we will we take no offense to that. But yeah, just shoot us an email in fertilemafia at gmail.com and say, hey, I would love to hear from a doctor about this. And we can contact one of our consigliaries. We need to find a therapist. Oh, we I have some. I, I, oh, you found some? I've t- well, I've talked to one. Okay, well. So. Never mind then. Because <laughs> I've been thinking we need someone like that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But Mandy's going to be our guest spot for the call the consigliere today. A little bit different than it probably normally will be because this one, this whole episode we decided it was like, gonna be updates like what's been happening since we've been gone and she has had some big news happen since we've been gone so we thought it who better to tell you than nurse mandy herself yeah and uh on the website in the future we'll probably have a private chat room so there's the mafia meeting room on there and people are already signing up i didn't think that they would if i put it on there but (laughs) So we haven't opened it up officially. So if you've signed up, I haven't accepted anyone yet. But once it's ready to go, I will open the doors. Yeah. And let you you in. Come in. When you know the password, the secret password. Yeah. This was an alternative to Facebook, would you say? Because a lot of people don't like Facebook. Mm -hmm. Myself included. I'm not a big fan. The rules are constantly changing and like you you as a member of a Facebook group or us as administrators or moderators, we just like have no control over what they do. So I don't love that. <laughs> yeah. So I think it'd be better to host it on our website. I think it's a little bit more secure that way. It's still the internet. So it's still like you still don't have complete anonymity, but... I think that was all the kind of new things, right? Mm-hmm. We've gotten so much mail um, that we also wanted to add in a new like mafia mail segment. So um, just so that we could share from some of you because it's so lovely to hear from you. And we've been able to like kind of go through and look at some of those messages and we want to share some of them. So let's start with that. 
All right. Mafia mail. Okay, do, do, so do, this do, one do. says. <laughs> do, do, do. Oh, wait. Is that Mario? <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Greatest game ever. Oh. Hi, Sarah and Kayla. I absolutely love your podcast. Thank you. I am sad that... Oh, thanks, that's so nice of you to say. I am sad that there aren't as many episodes left to binge on. Uh, started listening around October. I'm guessing last October. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished the episode Happy New Year Mafia and made me think of what happened to me. My husband and I had been trying for a year as of Thanksgiving 2017. My husband's two cousins decided to try for more children naturally in, uh, in October. I was really hoping it was our month, but AF came, Aunt Flo, that morning on Thanksgiving. So I never, so I knew we were out. Anyway, we went to the family Thanksgiving and after the prayer, one of the cousins announces that his wife is pregnant and it will be their third baby. And then the other cousin stands up and said, his wife is pregnant as well oh. with their second. <laughs> I feel like I could not breathe, but I smiled and tried to look happy. Oh. Then my un husband's uncle stands up and makes a speech about how awesome it is to add to the family and all that jazz and then mentions me and asks the whole family to pray for my womb no 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 he mentions how he knew my husband and i had been trying no. and for my womb to make space for a baby no <laughs> y'all i live in tennessee i lost it i started bawling oh. at the table and begged for the conversation to end after dinner people literally came up to me and touched my no. stomach <laughs> to pray and each time I had to ask them to stop I know that his family was trying to be thoughtful and nice but it was so uncomfortable oh Wait. that sounds horrible who oh oh there's more <laughs> here we are over a year later and still no baby did round six rounds of medicated IUI and the last one worked oh, only to lose the baby at nine weeks before Thanksgiving 2018. Oh. IVF starts in February. Infertility is rough, but listening to the podcast really does make it better for me. Thank you, Jennifer. Jennifer. Oh, Jennifer, I'm sorry. How many times did I say no? <laughs> no. Oh. There's just a lot about that story that makes me real uncomfortable. Who does that? Who just touches someone else's stomach? It's not even her. It's her husband's family. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, man. That would have made me very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Oh, the whole thing. The first thing is like the gut punch because cousin number one stands up. and We're pregnant. And then the second gut punch. We're pregnant, too. Then the third. Like, are you gut serious? And then the uncle, probably their father. Oh, so everyone has that uncle that's just doesn't have boundaries, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not me, but you know. <laughs> to pray for her womb. No. No, 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 no. Ugh, that would be the worst. I'm sorry, Jennifer. So she said IVF starts in February. This is February 2019, so I don't know exactly where she is now. These e oh, these emails are old. Okay. Yeah, that's just like, I feel like we can all relate to that story on some level, but that sounds like, you know, an episode of a <laughs> of The Office or something. Yeah. Ugh. No, that's, no, don't touch people's stomachs. Mm -mm. Um, so, okay, the other thing we wanted to do in this episode, there were so many news stories that happened over the summer. Um, we're just going to share a couple. But I think the biggest story in the world of infertility has to be the biggest story that happened over the summer was the couple that had the wrong embryos transferred. 
<laughs> You're going to tell us about that, right, Sarah? Oh, uh, that would... Uh, yes. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's even worse than the article uh, headline. A New York couple who are Asian Americans, keep that in mind. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They were a New York couple, but they went to a fertility clinic in Los Angeles, C-H-A, and um, they were given the wrong embryos and she was pregnant with twins and they were they had the babies and then uh they weren't asian (laughs) or male (laughs) like yeah right it was something like they thought they transferred to male embryos and they gave birth to non-asian females yeah and the even crazier thing or, is... I'm sorry, it was the other way around. They were expecting girls, but they gave birth to boys. Anyway, it does Yeah. Yeah, so they're like, oh, okay. Um, that was the first thing mm-hmm. that seemed off. <laughs> they were probably like, yay, we're pregnant with twins. And then they go for the anatomy scan, and they're like, oh, you're having boys. And they're like, wait, mm. what? Yeah. We put two girls in. Unless they were like, one of those people oh. that didn't want to know the sex. And so not only did they put the wrong embryos in, but they put embryos from two different families Yes, in. it's just, it's awful. How do you do that? I don't know. I don't know. And you know what else is like, when you read that story, they said that they spent over $100,000 on IVF. Wow. Which I'm like, whoa. I mean, they don't tell you why. But that is Mm-mm. incredibly high amount to spend on IVF, only to then she carries them to term, then has to give them to their biological families, two different mm-hmm. families. Like, it's so shitty for everyone involved, like every person involved. It's like I'm sure the families were like, uh, what? Yeah, surprise, <laughs> you have a newborn that you haven't prepared for at all and you didn't carry free surrogacy. Yeah, like do you want this uh, baby? Yeah. I just wonder like what if the families were like, Oh, I don't want another child. I don't know. The fertility clinic's not commenting at all. Like, they're not saying anything about, like, how did this happen? How did it get screwed up? Nothing. (laughs) Thankfully, it's just... Like, I don't want to scare people, because thankfully this is extremely rare. But it happened. They could have got away with it, too, if they would have put in the right nationality. (laughs) Yeah, that's even creepier and scarier to think about because yeah. you wonder if it's happened before. And I'm sure it has. Oh, I mean, that gives there me was a lot of chills, inseminating people with their own sperm well, from the doctors. Yeah, that's true. That's true. In the past, I bet they were like <laughs> when DNA tests became popular commercially. Yeah. I bet they were like, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Because this doctor that started doing that in the 90s is like, oh, they'll never find out. And now with all these like websites like Ancestry.com and 23andMe that they match you with familial DNA, it's insane how much they can find out now. We talked about this a little bit. And I just listened to well, a podcast Because I found it. a new cousin. That's right. Yeah. Well, and it's, we don't have to go off on this tangent, but it's like the way that they're using it for law enforcement now is like incredible. I thought that was kind of illegal, but maybe not. No, it's not. It's because all they're doing is taking DNA and putting it through this. They're taking a DNA that they don't get a hit on. They're like, we don't know who this is. And they're putting it through this database to find people that are related to that person's DNA. And then you just kind of like follow the family tree 
That's how they caught the Golden State Killer in California, was through familial that's DNA. Really, that's pretty cool. I mean, so even if you don't do it, they can still find you. Exactly. Yeah, well, and it's just, and because they can, so I was just listening to this podcast, it's called Bear Brook, and it's about this exact thing, because there's this, like, unsolved serial killer who, unsolved, they didn't know who it was, and they found it through familial, familial DNA, the victims, they didn't know who the victims were, and, or the killer for a while, but the victims were who they had a hard time identifying. But even if they can like identify like a third or fourth cousin, because like we're all related to someone in a database right now, (laughs) like which is creepy, but yeah, chances are. So if you have someone who has the time and like diligence to actually like go through all the family trees and like weed people out, then like, you cannot be anonymous in this day and age anymore. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> anyway. anyway. And uh, the embryo mix-up's not the first time it happened. Uh, yeah, someone had that happen in 2009. And they had to give the baby to the biological parents. Ugh. Same thing. I can't. A lot of doctors were like, there's protocols to in prevent place that. to ensure this shouldn't happen. Yeah, right. It's, then it's you're, fine, everybody. Yeah, it's extremely rare. Like, there's over a million IVF babies in the United States, and there's, like, two cases of this happening that we know of. So, but still, it's crazy. I would love to it's hear from a clinic or an embryologist or somebody, what are those protocols? How do they yeah, ensure the- that this doesn't happen to other people? You know? I mean, while my legs were in the stirrups, they were like, what's your name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you just wonder, like, are they just, is it just like a sticky note on your, on your storage container? Uh, I think, I think it's like a blood, like the little blood tubes. Oh, they have your name on there. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Those labels with like a barcode and everything. Yeah. And then I'm sure there's a number that corresponds and I just hope that there's more than one, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I feel like the embryologist was like, eeny, meeny, miny, oh, these look good. (laughs) I'm going to throw these two in. You just wonder, like, yeah, you really, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a scenario of why that would have happened. Like, did they thaw more than one for the day? Like, they were going to have transfers back to back. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, And then they knocked some off, and they're like, oh, no. And then they picked them all up, and they're like, (laughs) right. Uh, these probably go together. Like you said, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny at all. No, 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 no. I, it's just like, it's devastating yeah. for everyone. It's just, not to mention like the psychological trauma of like, one day you don't have a newborn and the next day you do with no preparation for it. <laughs> like, or one day you have a newborn and then you have to give it yeah, to someone else right. when you thought it was yours. And you've gone through infertility and spent a hundred thousand dollars yeah and you had a twin pregnancy yeah so oh my gosh i mean oh it's depressing so there was that (laughs) oh (laughs) and then the next one is funny yeah the next one's funny okay so this mom she did i'm gonna read you the the rant she posted something on twitter i think that went viral (laughs) she she went on a rant on Twitter that, and she called for Disney World to ban women without children. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's so funny. Maybe it was on Facebook. I don't know where it was. It looks like Facebook. Okay. So, yeah, I think you're right, Facebook. So, I'm gonna read it. Um, and granted, just imagine the, the post is mostly capital letters <laughs> and lots of the mad face emojis. Okay, she writes, It pisses me off to no end when I see childless couples at Disney World. (laughs) Sorry, it's just funny. Disney World is a family amusement park, yet these immature millennials, what do millennials have to do with anything? (laughs) Throw away their money on useless crap. They have no idea the joy and happiness it is to mothers 
who buys their babies treats and toys. They will never what? experience the exhaustion that it is to chase a three-year-old around getting stared at, assuming I'm a bad mother. And then it gets... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have assumed she was a bad mother. I do now. I mean, based on this. Yeah. <laughs> then it gets better. And it gets very graphic and obscene. So, yeah. This in some very slutty shorts was buying a Mickey pretzel and Aiden wanted one but the line was very long so I said later and it broke his poor little heart and he cried and I wanted to take that fucking pretzel from that tramp like thanks bitch you made my son cry <sighs> mad face she's mad probably face. just standing there with a pretzel like in this crazy ladies mm -hmm. going off yeah and then here we go Disney World is for children. People without children need to be banned <laughs> with five exclamation points. Mothers with children should be allowed to skip all the lines. You have no fucking idea what it's like to have to stand in line for three hours with a cranky, tired, exhausted toddler. And I can't just tell him that we can't do something because it's his vacation too. I fucking hate childless women with a burning passion. Mad face, mad face, mad face, mad face. Hey, I've got an idea. If you want to skip the line, you have to pay the price, bitch. Yeah, or could I interest you in Prozac? So in Disney World, is it just for kids? It's really not even for kids. It's for the adults. It's for kids of all ages, lady. Kids would be happy playing with cardboard boxes more than probably going to Disney World. That's true. Most of them are. And then, so this, obviously, like, someone screenshots and it goes viral and there's all these articles about it. And we shared it on our Instagram story because I just thought it was so funny. But I have never seen a more, like, visceral, visceral reaction from the mafia <laughs> about, I think I said something like, how would you respond to this woman? And you guys were pretty pissed at her. <laughs> I mean, Sounds like she needs a break. She, I don't know. She needs something. She needs uh, she needs a good lay. She needs a glass of wine. <laughs> no, she does not need to get laid because I'm sure she did not go through infertility. Probably and not. She'd probably get pregnant again. <laughs> she needs a... Uh, she needs a good pretzel, homemade pretzel recipes. So she can stay <laughs> at home. And then, of course, Disney World... Um, responded to it like uh no disney world is for everyone not just people with kids <laughs> obviously disney wants every person on this planet to go to disney world and consume disney products trust me yeah disney's running the world right now who runs the world disney disney that disney runs damn mouse the world. does <laughs> <laughs> so i'm guessing she's just like a bad person in general <laughs> And this wasn't a bad day type of thing? I don't know. Like, it sounds like she can't handle... Life. Life and children and, like... I fucking hate probably, childless women with a burning passion. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like she she probably regrets her life choices. Oh, man. And she's taking it out on the slutty <laughs> at Disney World. <laughs> that tramp when really she wishes she was that slutty right i mean all she wanted with the to pretzel. do was this poor girl she's just buying a pretzel i don't think she did anything standing wrong. there with her pretzel in her little short shorts probably with great metabolism yeah she probably doesn't have any cellulite on her thighs yeah flat stomach i just you know she alienated a lot of people mm -hmm. she alienated Childless people by choice, childless people not by choice. She alienated millennials, which is an enormous swath of people. Which she probably is. She eliminated slutty <laughs> How dare she? Those are the best kind of <laughs> The slutty kind, yeah. <laughs> We've said <laughs> a lot. I should probably <laughs> believe that one. <laughs> You think so? I don't know. Is People it really have that a pretty strong bad. reaction to the word? Yeah, why is that? Is it because it stands for vagina? I don't know, but it's what's like, so wrong with a vagina? Of all the of all the swear words, I feel like that one, the "see you next Tuesday," is like 
the worst one people can say. Yeah, I, I don't know why though, but yeah, aren't words it. funny? Just a jumble words of are, letters, and then they give, words are so weird. Words are weird. So anyway, I thought that was funny. <laughs> I, just, I mean, this lady, if she wants, she has to pay for stuff. You yeah. know, if she wants to, you can skip lines. You got to pay for stuff. You got to, if you're going to Disney World, you need to get yourself mentally prepared that there will be lines, that there will be slutty <laughs> that there will be, I, I mean, you just, you got to think you're going about this Pretzels. the wrong way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Um, People were. Yeah. They were mad. Y'all were real mad. <sighs> real mad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, okay, so next we're doing our Call the Consigliere, and Sarah interviewed Mandy, who's got some exciting news to share with you. So we'll go ahead and it's play. It's a crazy story. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we'll hit, we'll give that to you now. We want to hear an update. Like, what's going on with you? Um, well... A lot has been going on, a lot since I was last on the podcast with you guys. Um, let's see. We Do you want me to tell a little bit of my backstory for people who don't remember yeah. or don't know who the heck I am or yeah. who is this crazy woman talking? <laughs> <laughs> um, I went through IVF and I did my egg retrieval and we did PGS testing. We ended up getting three normal PGS tested embryos. Um, transferring them and our first embryo transfer resulted in a chemical pregnancy of a PGS tested embryo. We don't really understand why that happened. It might have just been sheer bad luck. It might have been that I had a little bit of scar tissue in my uterus left over from two septum resection surgeries because I had a very large septum in my uterus. Um, I am a reoccurrent miscarriage patient. Um, so that is my diagnosis, reoccurrent pregnancy loss. But all in all, we don't know why we lost the PGS tested embryo. We changed our protocol. We did another frozen embryo transfer that was successful and resulted in our daughter, Caitlin, who will be four years old next month, like a month from now. <laughs> How is she almost four? Um, so yeah, we had one embryo left and we've kept him it's a little boy we've kept him on ice for about you know f four years or so so in june of this year um 2019 we decided to go in and talk to our reproductive endocrinologist and say hey let's go put our last baby in and let's do this thing my first attempt at transferring our last embryo didn't actually work. My trilaminar layer started breaking down. So we went ahead and canceled that cycle. Um, and that was in July. But we started right away with the next cycle. And um, my RE saw that I had like a a follicle growing, had some follicles growing. So he ended up deciding just to have us do a... Um, modified natural frozen embryo transfer and it all ended up working and we transferred our last embryo on August 9th and I am currently nine weeks and three days pregnant with that baby so yay. it ended up working yay are you counting okay I guess we'll we'll go back the beginning of mm -hmm. the pregnancy mm -hmm. was dicey it was very dicey. We did not think that it was going to work. Um, we actually thought he was a topic there for a little bit. And actually, my RE was not there um, at one point one day when I needed to go in for an ultrasound to check to see if this baby was a topic. We maybe thought it was because I had very low HCG levels. It was doubling just fine, but very low HCG HCG levels. So they kind of were thinking, eh, it's probably a topic. So I go in and I see this other RE at my clinic, not my typical RE. And she looks at me and she's doing an ultrasound 
She didn't see any evidence of it in my tubes, but still she said, it's a topic. It's got to be a topic because she saw that I had some fluid, free fluid in my uterus. There's no baby there. I was about five weeks along and some days. And she said, we should be seeing a gestational sac in your uterus at this point. I really, she goes, this has got to be an atopic pregnancy. She took Wanda out and she said, you know, I'm going to contact your RE, but you're probably going to be coming back later today for a shot of methotrexate. And I was bawling my eyes out, just so sad that this just did not work. I couldn't believe that, you know, here we are having a second PGS tested embryo not working. And they're telling me, you're probably having an atopic pregnancy. And I was bawling my eyes out and she handed me some Kleenex and she looked at me and she said, I'm so sorry we will get your daughter a sibling, but this is not going to be your baby. This sibling is not going to work and it's not going to come home with you. What the heck? We, I know. And she looked at me. And so at this point, I'm like, you know, what are you thinking? It's just like, okay, well, this is over. <laughs> and I texted you and I said, it's a topic. It's done. Um, you know, they want me to probably come back in for methotrexate. And, you know, I was just disappointed at that point and you're like well maybe it's gonna be okay and I'm like no it's not it's just they're telling me it's over I was like I have faith in him I know you really did you just you were determined not to give up on him (laughs) (laughs) and I was really glad because at that point I'm just like you know my heart couldn't take it anymore and I was just kind of like you were like let it's fine just let it go just let it go (laughs) you know I'm like I've been through this so many times it just you know, I just thought I just need to accept what it is and let it go and grieve and move on, you know, not move on. You never move on from a loss or or anything like that. I just thought I need to accept what it is and move forward. Um, well, my RE called me whenever I got home and he was, you know, obviously he didn't do my scan and he's talking to me and he's like, I don't know if this is a topic. Let's hold off. Come back tomorrow. Let's scan you tomorrow just to see what we see because I don't fully think it's a topic. And I said, okay, I trust you. And he kind of calmed me down. He's like, you're only about four or five weeks along. And my my entire career of doing this, I've never seen a tube rupture at five weeks. Once we get to like the six, seven week mark, yeah, then a tube can rupture with an atopic. So I feel fine waiting a day, having you come back in and let's scan you again. And I love my RE. Most REs would just be like, I'm sorry, this didn't work. Let's give you the methotrexate or do the DNC. But he was very much like, no. I believe in this baby. <laughs> like, let's let's wait. And I'm so thankful for him because the other doctor was so ready to write it off as a failed pregnancy and was ready to end the pregnancy. Well, my RE was not. And I went in the next day and we saw his gestational sac right where it should be, right in my uterus. Oh and I'm my gosh. so thankful for that. I cried the moment that I saw his gestational sac in my uterus. And it was such an emotional roller coaster. You go from one minute thinking this is over, my life might be in danger, or I might be in danger from this, to okay, everything's okay right now. Um, my HCG was still very low for where it should be, um, but my RE was like, you know, sometimes women just have low HCG levels and they have a completely normal, healthy pregnancy, and that may be the case for you. Um, now, we still didn't know at that time, you know, if it really was going to be the case for me. He said it is possible that maybe this is a blighted ovum. And I'm sitting here going, how does that even happen with a PGS-tested embryo? And he said, sometimes it can happen because PGS isn't 100%. Sometimes it still misses things. Sometimes there's still genetic abnormalities there that, you know, get missed. So for today, we're happy with what we're seeing. Let's check your blood work. And I'm going to bring you back in, you know, three days from now. And it was Labor Day weekend. Um, Of course. Like, everything happens on a three-day weekend. (laughs) Exactly. 
But here's the thing why my Ari is so amazing. He was like, if your pain continues, because I was having a lot of pain on my right side, and he looked very carefully, which the other Ari did not do. He goes, I think you have a ruptured cyst, which is causing the free fluid in your uterus, which is causing the pain. But he said, if your pain persists really badly over the weekend and you just want an ultrasound for peace of mind, call the office and I will come in over the long weekend, over the holiday weekend, and I will scan you. And I was like, okay. You know, I just thought, wow, this doctor really cares about us. He truly, you know, he's a doctor that isn't doing this just as a job. Like this is his calling. He truly cares about his patients. If he's willing to come in over a, on a weekend, on a Labor Day weekend, just to do an ultrasound for me, to give me peace of mind, this is amazing. I went in on Tuesday and um, we saw, you know, a little fetal pole with a little heartbeat at five weeks and six days. And it was just beautiful. So, um, you know, baby was fine and, and doing well and um, very thankful for my Ari and and his, you know, talking me off a ledge and sitting here just going, this doesn't seem right. Let's just wait and see what we see in a day or two. And let's not give up on this baby. That's exactly what he said. Let's not give up on this baby just yet. Nurse Mandy, thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. I was happy to come on and tell you all my story and give you a little update with what's been going on with me. We were talking about this before we started recording, Sarah, that I thought it was so crazy how she went through all that beta hell and that the doctor told her to take methotrexate because he thought she might be miscarrying. But then now it's not... It's crazy. What a crazy story. They thought, yeah, well, they thought it was a topic and it wasn't her doctor, which is like, right. I don't know. It was just a fill in that day. And she was like, oh, I'm pretty sure you have a, a topic oh my gosh. In, for, with no proof. Yeah, right. It just goes to show you. Well, first of all, I need to back up. First thing I want to say formally and officially is congratulations to Nurse Mandy on her successful frozen embryo transfer. That's amazing, and I'm super happy for her. Um, but yeah, I just thought that like following her story over the summer, like the whole thing that happened with it, and like watching the iffy betas, and it was like every couple of days we were all like on pins and needles waiting to hear from her. And for a while, it seemed like it was we were very much on shaky ground. <laughs> and it just I was just telling you when before we started recording, it just goes to show you how like. The beta numbers are, they only give you this like little tiny part of the picture and to not freak out if your beta numbers are, I, I feel like her story is one that's like inspiring and encouraging because she didn't have one beta numbers that were like went by the book, so to speak. Yeah, you can't judge things based on beta, whether they're really high or they're lower than average. Right. To me, it's just another one of those like measurements that we prop we as like people who go, go through infertility, you really hang on to because it's like something tangible that you can measure your quote unquote progress or not. When in reality, it doesn't. It's only like one piece of the puzzle, and most women like never even see a beta value, and they're just like, okay, you're pregnant, come back, and you know. <laughs> seven weeks or whatever anyway way out all that to say it's like it's like one of those like when you know too much it can be even worse it can like create more anxiety for people who go through infertility because you know too much that's true yeah but anyway i'm so glad that it worked out for her and that is just a crazy roller coaster and i hope the rest of her pregnancy I know it's not going to be quote unquote uneventful because she has a unique situation with her incompetent cervix and getting the cerclage and all of that. Yeah. But I hope it can be as quote unquote like normal as possible for her. Okay. Out of the box. Out of the box. Out of the box. Oh, we need new theme music. Yeah. you. I want you to just record yourself singing out of the box, out of the box, and then I can lay some harmony over it. 
<laughs> okay. And play, play something on my on my guitar or something. All right. Let's do it okay. next time. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's been a while since we've actually talked. Right. What podcasts have you been listening to? Um, gosh, I'm such an avid consumer of podcasts. I need some new recommendations, though, because I feel like I've binged so many over the summer. Um, but a couple that I really liked were, of course, like true crime podcasts. I love them so much. Um, one is called To Live and Die in L.A. And the other one is called Cold. And it was really fascinating. And it's about um, Josh and Susan Powell. I don't know if you know that story. I don't know them. Yeah. So I don't know her. Well, she's unfortunately dead or missing. She's never been found, but she's presumed to be dead and killed by her husband. But the whole story is crazy. It's usually the husband. It's usually the husband. And in this case, it's it was definitely the husband. But there's also this like crazy twist about her father-in-law who was like obsessed with her. And Ooh, no. dad ended up, trigger warning, like killing himself and their children. I don't think that. What? Yeah, I don't think that gives anything away because it's like a major news story like five years ago. Yeah. Wait, the the dad like. They had the, her, her husband? Her husband, the killer. I'm going to call him. Yeah. And he killed her before he killed himself and the children? I think he killed her and thought he would get away with it and then idiot yeah and then so he was the prime suspect and but they never really had like they didn't have a body so they, they never arrested him like he never got arrested never went to trial um but then they started closing in on him and he lost custody of his children they had two boys and then i think that just drove him to it was like two years later after his wife, quote unquote, went missing and mm. he killed himself and their children. So <laughs> on that note, yeah, for a happy time, <laughs> for a happy time, listen to cold. But if you like that sort of thing, it's not it has lots of interesting twists and turns to the story. And it's obviously really sad and tragic. So um, but I like dark stuff, but. Um, because I'm just fascinated, fascinated by people's psychology. I don't know. There's something like comforting to me about like listening to true crime. I don't know why. I don't know what that says about me. That it's not you. Like being, well, or just like being prepared, like knowing that it's possible. Yeah. Knowing. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a surprise. Yeah. I don't know that that there's any like merit to that, Mm, but probably not. No, probably not. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So anyway, those were a couple that I enjoyed, if you want to call it that. How about you? I've been listening to The Killing of Marilyn Monroe. Oh. Which is not quite true crime. It's just talking about her life and like, I haven't got to, I mean, they haven't ended the podcast yet, I don't think. Okay. What It's called Killing so, Marilyn Monroe? The Killing of Marilyn Monroe. And it's talking about, like, all the things that came together to make her who she Mm -hmm. is or who she was. And, like, why that probably drove her made it drove her to either kill herself or she was, like, murdered Mm -hmm. by, like, the Kennedys. (laughs) Yeah. This one conspiracy. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're making it seem like. Wow. Because she was, like, sleeping with everyone. And just like, I don't know. So I was thinking, she's such a tragic person, but she seemed like she was like fun and sweet and nice and stuff. Yeah. But she always like slept with everyone. Mm -hmm. But she was abused as a child and like was in foster care and an orphanage and all that. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking if she would have had women around her to you know, bring her up and, like, be supportive, she probably wouldn't have been as, like, I don't know, looking for that. Right, right. As much. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Feminism wasn't quite what it is today. But she, like, spoke out about 
being molested and all that. Yeah, but think about what that would have taken for some think about how hard that is for women to talk about in 2019 and this is like the 1950s and 60s and yeah like she was able to do that and had enough courage to talk about it yeah just think if she would have had women around her supporting her but in the story there's like no women right well that's it's all men mm -hmm. and they're all using her right it's really sad it is sad so depressing you know, people parallel her story and Anna Nicole all the time. Mm, it's a yeah. similar fate, unfortunately. Lots of drugs. Yeah. Ugh. Don't do drugs, okay? Don't drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, do the sex because you're trying to get pregnant, but. Yes, you you people can do that. Yeah, you got. I don't care. I mean, I don't care what people do. I'm just saying you'll probably be depressed. <laughs> Depends on what kind of drugs you use. Did you see that the um, one of the co-hosts of Big Fat Negative, Emma, had a baby? I did not. Congratulations to Emma. And yeah, congratulations. I believe Gabby, the other host, is pregnant. So that's good for them. I, yeah. I actually wanted to uh, say something about that real quick. Before I know we need to wrap it up, but um, she she recently Emma posted something on her Instagram about um it was a really vulnerable and very honest post about actually the challenges of motherhood and of having a newborn and I thought it was really brave of her and especially as someone who like when I myself went through that I was afraid to talk about it mostly because this community that I like we've talked about this before like I was scared to say that I wasn't enjoying every second because it's like know your audience kind of thing and it's the same reason we don't talk about our kids on the other hand I've been thinking about this more and more that I feel like that also in a way is like a disservice because it's like I don't I don't expect people or I don't think it's nice to constantly throw it in your face like oh this is really hard this is not whatever but then on the other hand not being honest about the challenges of new motherhood is um it's kind of a disservice because it is really hard and I wish I had been better prepared for it. And this idea that we should pretend like it's always easy or fun or glorious and just like rainbows and sunshine all the time is just not realistic. So it then creates this pressure that like, oh, I thought this was going to be easier. Nobody ever talked about this, like how postpartum emotions are actually often very hard and especially for women who go through infertility your likelihood of postpartum depression anxiety is like twice as high as it is for the normal public quote unquote normal i got it it was it's crazy yeah like sorry to interrupt no, it's you, okay but the the depression i had never experienced anything like it before just it was i don't know I, I guess until you experience depression, you don't really understand what it's like. Like, I was just devastated, sad, like devastated type of sadness for no reason. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. I got help, luckily. Well, it was lucky my doctor's nurse called me and I was like, she's like, how are you? And I'm like, <gasps> not doing very well which is not something like me to tell a stranger mm -hmm. so yeah they got me on meds quickly but I feel like it could have like went downhill for me yeah anyway sorry no it's okay I'm you. glad that it's you shared that because I just I know it's hard for people to to hear when you're in the thick of like trying to get pregnant but on the other hand I do think that we should still be like I said we don't need I don't I don't need to tell people comments like oh this really sucks you want to take my kid off my hand you don't need to say stuff like that to an infertile person but I think it's okay to talk vulnerable vulnerably that word is hard 
and honestly about <laughs> the challenges of especially new new motherhood and it's okay you to ask not for help ungrateful right yeah, you can see the snowball effect that this would have on someone who's gone through infertility and like all they've wished for is a baby for years and years and you've just focused on this one thing and then you have it and then you're you're devastated that you don't feel happier or, um, you know, you don't feel like super, you feel sad and depressed. It's a very hard situation to be in. So... Anyway, I... It's the hormones. Hormones are a bitch before and after infertility. So I... They are. I hope Emma is... It looks like she got lots of positive feedback from the community. So I was pleased to see that. And I hope that she's doing okay and gets some help if she needs it or if it's just kind of a rough patch. Um, but I wanted to commend her for her honesty. I thought it was really um, brave. Wow, our out of the box was kind of depressing. Yeah, well, I guess we'll leave you guys with that. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, we're back, so. No, it gets better, though. Oh, yeah, of course. There's happy times in the future. Yeah. Tell yourself it's the hormones and lack of sleep. Yeah. And uh, reach out for help. If you need to vent or talk or get ideas, reach out to uh, the mafia. Right. Bosses and babies. That's what that group is for. And people have been. They have. Yep. Yeah. So the discussion is getting rolling in there. Yeah. It took a little while because, you know, people weren't, there weren't very many people with children in there. But now, since we've been around. Right. For over a year. It's growing. Our family is growing. Speaking of the Facebook groups, there are two of them, the Infertile Mafia podcast that's the name of it and the infertile mafia bosses and babies and that's for um after you've made after you've reached pregnancy or if you have children talk about those sort of things we keep them separate for obvious reasons um yeah so join either of those if you haven't already you can follow us on instagram at infertile mafia podcast our website is infertilemafia.com you can email us infertilemafia at gmail.com if you love the podcast please rate and review that is actually yeah please do that we should have started with that too especially since we've been on a break if you guys could do us a favor that'll help get us back get this thing get this thing going back in visibility so if you don't mind doing that that would be super helpful for us and thanks, thanks for listening, guys. It's good to be back. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, thanks for uh, joining the Infertile Mafia. There we go. Okay, bye. Bye. I do my